You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma podcast. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. Excited to share this episode with you today. But before we do, I've got to thank our sponsors. First of all, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. They've been a huge part of this podcast for the last few years. So the Oklahoma Hall of Fame have been sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com. And for daily updates, go to Oklahoma HOF on Instagram and give them a follow. Our other sponsor today is the Chickasaw Nation. Now, the Chickasaw Nation have sponsored pretty much everything in Oklahoma. They're a huge supporter of Oklahoma. And it's an honor to have their name and their brand supporting this podcast. So a huge shout out to Governor Anatoby for supporting this podcast. It really means a lot. And finally, our third sponsor is 988. The Oklahoma 988 Mental Health Lifeline, 988 is a direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with trained behavioral health professionals that can get all Oklahomans the help that they need. Learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com. That's 988oklahoma.com. And now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This Is Oklahoma Podcast. Mike Hearn here, host, back with another episode up in Tulsa today at the BOK Center such a glamorous looking building uh, I never really get to see the inside of it well not like the I've been here to see shows and stuff but not like I don't know I feel like we're we're down in the depths of where all the work happens right we're not like in the bowl or in the arena we are in the offices and where all the magic happens so uh, excited to dive into um, the story of my guests today Angie Teal and Brian Crow. Brian's on a call so he's going to join us a little later but angie's here with me angie thanks so much for inviting me up here uh excited to dive into your story but before we do dive into i guess everything you do on the day today tell us a little bit about you tell us the uh give us the give the listeners some context on on who angie is and what her background is sure thank you so much hello oklahoma my name is angie teal and i have been a resident of oklahoma for almost four years now i moved here to work at the convention center in downtown tulsa at the beginning of 2019, I had previously worked at a venue in St. Charles, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. And I'd been there for, um, gosh, a little over 15 years and um, got the call from Tulsa to come and interview and see the city. And from wheels to wheels, flying in and, 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 and leaving Tulsa, it was about four hours, called my husband from the airport and I said, if I get this job, we're moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he was like, Okay, whatever makes you happy. And, you know, the rest is, is kind of history. We've loved living here. We've loved uh, being a part of the community. It's a, it's a very welcoming community. Everybody, um, everybody loves to hear the story of what's going on downtown at the convention center and the BOK center. So um, it, talking to people is never hard. The, the, <laughs> the content always kind of um, just comes naturally because I do get to work in the most exciting industry in the world of live of live entertainment and tourism and hospitality so um yeah i'm really excited to talk to you today and and share my story so growing up then i mean what was the dream growing up like i some people grow up and they just love events and they want to do this job after talking to you for a little bit before we recorded sounds like that was not the thing so what was like growing up you know in st louis and everything what was like i mean what did you want to do when you grew up yeah i mean the idea of an event in, in St. Louis, Missouri is going to a St. Louis Cardinals game or a Blues game. And those are always fun and exciting. But when I was growing up, I, I honestly wanted to be a physical therapist. And 
Um, you know, that didn't really pan out. Uh, when I got to college, I, I, I went to Missouri State University in Springfield, Missouri, and um, fell in love with the business program there and realized that uh, I liked the I liked the little bit of black and white of business, but I also loved the ability to be creative and um, you can really turn anything into a business. So I thought that that was really cool. Um, and then after graduation, I was working at a um, entertainment complex called NASCAR, NASCAR Speed Park. And I got engaged and I was working with the lady at the hotel that we were gonna have our reception. And a month before the wedding, she was like, hey, by the way, I'm leaving to go work at a convention center. And my first reaction was, what's a convention center? <laughs> I had no idea what a convention center was and the impact that it had on the community. So, um, you know, shortly after I got married, I was working at the convention center there in St. Charles and I was there for about 15 years. It was a fairly new building, about, about two years old when I started there. Uh, so coming to Tulsa, where the convention center here was built in the 60s, the first part of the building was built in the 60s, it had such a great history and an, and an impact on the community. One of the things that I loved when I first moved here is hearing those I remember when stories about the building, which is something I never really experienced uh, being in my, my previous building that was fairly new I didn't really truly understand the the impact that a building like a convention center or an arena has on the community um, building those memories and and um, you know creating jobs and opportunities and being able to really showcase your city and what people could do to come and 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 be be educated and be inspired by attending a session or going to a wedding or, you know, we do a lot of sports events at the convention center. So being there for the winning that gold medal or winning that first place trophy, um, that you really do get a lot of those really cool experiences here in Tulsa. And I just, I love hearing those stories. I really, really do. It, it puts yeah. a smile on my face because that's, that's why I do what I do is because we do get to create those memories that people hold on to for the yeah, rest of their yeah. lives. So when you came to Tulsa for the interview, what had you been to Tulsa before that? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, my predecessor at the convention center, um, her and I were good friends and that was basically the experience of Tulsa Oklahoma I had was through her eyes and, and through what she had to say about it. So, um, but when I got here, it, was, it completely blew me away. Um, the close-knit community, um, the very the philanthropic community here in Tulsa is something I've never seen before. People always want to help. People always want to give back, and they're always looking for the greater good. So that was really cool and inspiring. I always kind of coin this phrase as that... Um, Tulsa loves Tulsa like Texas loves Texas, and everybody knows how much Texas loves Texas, but there really is this cool energy and pride for Tulsa, and they want to see Tulsa to continue to grow, and we, we always, we're kind of fighting or you know, punching above our weight, and um, it's really uh, exciting to be a part of that and moving that forward. Yeah, it's fun to be a part of a scrappy kind of mentality. Like, you know, you're all, sadly, you're always kind of, as, as it goes a size, right, geographically, Oklahoma City is bigger, but I think Tulsa's downtown footprint is bigger than Oklahoma City's downtown. That's just, it looks like it. I think you have more bigger buildings than we do, uh, which, I mean, and I think you didn't knock down all historic buildings like Oklahoma City knocked down <laughs> all historic buildings. Um, 
I digress. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the good thing is, yeah, like when you came here and, and you meet the people and, and there's just a need and a want to do better, give back, be involved and collectively grow as a unity, right, as a unit, I guess. And, and you know, yeah, I've been to a few events up here and, and you're right, like there is so many events that's giving back to this mm-hmm. or something. And, and I know even just kind of doing a little bit of research, like you guys and the team at BOK and the convention center, you guys are in the community a lot too. So that's great mm-hmm. for you guys to be a part of that. Not just to host the events, but actually get out into the community, uh, which we can touch on a little bit later. But so when you get that job, then you tell your husband, hey, we're, we're going to Tulsa now. Like pack your bags. Yes, yes. That's pretty much what it was. Uh, you know, I promised the kids that if they moved quietly and didn't put up a fuss, I'd I'd build them a swimming pool in the backyard, which I held up my end of the bargain. But when we moved here, they were um, they were just five and six years old. Mm-hmm. So um, it's you know that's an adjustment for any yeah. anybody at any age. But um, you know, it's kids growing up with all the emotions and leaving a home that they've always known. It was, it was a bit of a challenge, but they have, the community's just, has been just as welcoming to them as it has to myself and my husband. They have found, um, they found some really great friendships. They've been involved in their sports teams, which those sports teams are now our family, which when you're moving up to, or when you're moving to a different city where you, you don't know anybody, Mm -hmm. um, you're moving away from family and friends and all that, uh, you try to you try to just open yourself up to new ideas and new opportunities, and that includes new de- meeting new people. Yeah. So we've all my my husband is actually a uh, very much an introvert, so I was a little bit worried about him more than anybody. But you know, I have to tell you, the people in Oklahoma they don't they really really want to pull those introverts out, and they want to get to know you, and they want to know your story, and that made it a lot that transition a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. So to the point then of the event management side, kind of what you know, um, what kind of makes you tick about the event side of things like because for me hosting an event gives me anxiety like i think you know i, I want to i'm probably going to host a golf tournament and that is about you know it's in my wheelhouse but the thought of like tr- the anxiety of getting people together and having a deadline freaks me out but for you it seems like you thrive in it so why well, is it that you love the event side of things don't worry i do have anxiety about other things so i don't know many people that are anxiety free but um it, you know i love the organization of it. I love being able to make any vision happy or happen. Uh, the convention center is four walls, but we, so we build up everything in those spaces. Um, you know, the, the BOK center is, is, it's a little bit different because they have fixed seating and we have the arena bowl and all that kind of stuff. But, um, at the convention center, we have 275,000 square feet of space that can be divisible into many different configurations. So being able to use that creative eye and that creative vision is uh, is really important and really exciting. I also love to be a part of those memories and we kind yeah. of, we get to help create those memories, but we also just kind of like fade into the background and nobody really knows we're there. And so it's kind of like Santa Claus on Christmas, right? Yeah. You wake up Christmas morning and there's presents under the tree. But Santa, he gets to create that very exciting experience for everyone. Um, and and part of it, honestly, is a lot of it is is a selfless act, right? You mm-hmm. you want to be able to provide for somebody and um, and take care of them and invite them into your home. And I get to do that for a living, and I get to make those mem- memories and those moments happen every day. And that's yeah. 
I can't see myself doing anything else. Yeah. That's cool to be in that position, right? To just kind of have that, like I said, that Santa mentality of like, we're, we're hosting you guys, but you have no idea that we're, can we just in the shadows a little bit, but we get to see all the exciting things that happen. Right. And there's nothing better than seeing the smiling faces because all of the events that you put on for some people, they don't come to all of them, right? Right. You're in the room for all of them. Whereas Um, these people, it's like, this is their thing. This is their one big event every year. And that excitement to come up here where, you know, they might be coming from all over the state to come to Tulsa to have this big convention or this dinner or this gala or whatever it is like it's it's exciting yeah when I tell people when I start to explain to people what I do for a living um, kind of a lot of the reaction I get the first time is oh well, you plan weddings for a living I'm like well yes I mean I've, I've, I've hosted weddings before but it let me tell you about all of the other fun exciting things right. we get to host um, you know we get to host sports tournaments and we get to host nonprofit galas and we get to host meetings and conventions and you know there's some venues out there that have even done funerals so like you can think of all kinds of events that happen in your life and we could probably make them work in the convention center yeah it's really cool and you know even like even for the BOK center when you have somebody walk into their first concert and that first experience there's, there's no other feeling like it. Um, I actually have a friend that was a mom on my son's baseball team here in Oklahoma who had never been to a concert before in her life. And she's, you know, late 30s, early 40s. And she is a big, giant fan of Mark Anthony. Well, when Mark Anthony was here in Tulsa, I was able to get her some tickets. And I didn't realize it was her first concert until afterwards. She said, did you know that was my first concert? And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And I was like, what did you think? She was yeah. like... I- I don't even know how to describe how cool it was to see somebody live in person and hear their sound and hear their music that I've only been seen on TV or heard on the radio. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's just, it's, it, you can't describe it. It's just a really cool experience. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned kind of like the tourism travel side of things as well, not just the community, but the fact that you guys, you know, host, you can host conventions here and bring a lot of eyeballs in and, and you kind of provide uh, the floor for businesses to market themselves, right? When you think of a convention center and you think of trade shows, you know, you have all these businesses coming in and using this space as a way to generate business for themselves. So that's kind of really cool to see those little companies for the most part who do trade shows to you know give them that opportunity yeah I think it's I think it's great um, we I mean even some of the vendors that we use we love to keep things local and give um, kind of be a part of that entrepreneurial spirit that mm-hmm. Tulsa has and um, make sure that we are are utilizing those resources and promoting them as much as we can and to see somebody um, you know I'm going to use the the uh, consumer show example. Um, you know, if you have somebody, let's say it's like a home and garden show and you have somebody that's like a, 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 a roofing company mm-hmm. and they're just trying to make it, but they're making those connections because those people walk through the door and they're having such a great experience. Happy people love to spend money. So if they're having a good experience because of the services that my team provided them, mm-hmm. that in turn can help that roofing vendor that's just trying to start out and, and make a living and build a business and they make their big break because they attended a show at the convention center. I think that that, yeah. um, I love being a part of that. Yeah. Well, and, and to the other side of things too, right? It, it's the corporate meetings that you could, you know, you have a big corporation that needs a space to hold, you know, a meeting and you've like, that's a massive, you know, we, 
everyone seems to have their ones in Vegas, right? If they're a massive company, but I'd much rather drive to Tulsa than fly to Vegas for a convention because <laughs> I've been to Vegas for a meeting and business conventions, and you you don't get to see Vegas and enjoy it. You get to go to a meeting for eight well, hours and, and then go to your hotel and go to bed. There's a lot of distractions in there Vegas. There's a lot of distractions. So, are Vegas, you really yeah. are the meeting planners and the, yeah. and the people providing the content? Are they really able to get the message across that they're trying to? Right. Because if half of your attendance is doing one of the other million things to do in Vegas, yeah. um, you know, was it truly a successful meeting? But yeah, we actually work with two. Um, companies here in Tulsa, very large companies in Tulsa that um, do direct sale mm-hmm. marketing where it's Cinegents and Usborne. Right. They are based here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They have been um, courted, if you will, to take their events elsewhere, but they mm-hmm. believe in Tulsa and they believe in the staff at the convention center and the arena to help them be successful. And yeah. so they fly people in from all over the country, sometimes even all over the world. Um, you know, people from Mexico and Australia and things like that to come to Tulsa, Oklahoma to be educated on how they can grow their own business Mm -hmm. and and be better entrepreneurs on their end. Yeah. But I do have a theory about second and third tier markets. I do think that they are going to make a big boom in the meeting and convention world pretty soon because, you know, everything's costing more these days. Some of these bigger cities, I think eventually they're going to get too expensive for this. And so people are going to have to try to go to those second and third tier cities yeah. to ha- still have the event and still be successful but also keeping cost and, and stuff you in. guys be prepped and ready yeah I'm ready yeah. to go I'm, I've made that prediction about two years ago and I'm waiting to see if it pans out yeah everyone's moving away from Zoom and actually meeting in person now right? which is great yeah <laughs> uh, but the other thing that I think people don't really think of when they think of a convention center but it's super important security and safety mm-hmm. right like I mean, uh, when you come here, like you think, oh, great, I'm going to convention. The last thing I think of is security and safety. But and obviously for you guys, it's a, it's like probably number one priority. Right. right. Well, as an attendee, I hope that that's kind of the last thing that you think about yeah. because of um, everybody else doing their job correctly. Security is definitely everybody's responsibility. You know, everybody has the see, say, see something, say something. But do they really? Um, so, you know, that is part of the event planning process. And what is your security plan? Here's our security plan. Um, and, and we take that very, very seriously. We are making sure that our staff is trained because, to be honest with you, if something were going to happen in a venue, it's going to be our frontline staff that's yeah, going to yeah. be the, the first ones to, to respond. Uh, so we make sure that our staff is, is taken care of and well-prepared. And we just kind of constantly do that training, mm-hmm. right, over and over again. Um, I, the One of the programs that I went through was the Academy for Venue Safety and Security that's put on through the International Association of Venue Managers. And one of the most impactful stories that they tell was the gentleman that was head of security for the World Trade Center Towers. Mm-hmm. And he constantly, every, like at least once a week, was having full building evacuations, full building evacuations to the point where the staff and that worked in those buildings were so annoyed with him, but he needed to create that muscle memory. It's kind of like when the fire alarm goes off, you automatically stand yeah. up and you leave. But if all of those other threats are there, you have to have that same mm-hmm. muscle memory. So, uh, you know, on the, the, on 9-11, majority of the staff said, we just thought it was another one of his drills. Yeah. And that he's credited for saving thousands of lives because he was he took security so seriously and he he built it into the culture of the people that worked in the world trade center that's really cool Mm -hmm. uh to the event side of things then i know recently you guys potentially had the largest event in state history right 
We did is unofficial. Host, is that unofficial? It, is it official? You know, I, hey, the MC of the event said it from the stage, and all of my records for the convention center also confirm it. But we hosted St. Francis Healthcare System had their all employee banquet on Saturday, and it, we served 5,030 people, and it is the largest banquet that's ever been served in the state of Oklahoma. And the ASM Global team knocked it out of the park. They did so good. I could not have asked for a better execution. Everybody arrived safely. Everybody left safely. Everybody got fed. Everybody was well taken care of. Um, the guests were happy. The client was happy. The staff was happy at the end of the night. Yeah. It was, it was, a, it, those types of events help remind me why I do what I do. Right. And it was really great to see everybody. I mean, we even had staff dancing in the aisles as the guests were leaving is kind of like, you know, have a good night. And I got them on video and I showed them and they're like, oh my God, we were having so much fun. I was like, I know. We d- and that's what we do. We get to have fun for a living. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you go to your favorite restaurant and, and, and the servers and everyone's so nice and so happy and just glad to be at work and, and it rubs off, right? Yeah. But you've just times that by like a thousand. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like to have those people here. Yeah. And just watching like as the guests were leaving and our staff, it was our operations staff, they were um, making their way into the room to start clearing the room and they were just engaging with the attendees and the attendees were dancing with them and I just stood there in awe for probably a good five minutes just watching it happen, and yeah. it, it made my day. It That's really awesome. Uh, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, Thank hi. you for coming in. Uh, excited to dive in to hear your side of the story and also hear, hear about kind of like your, obviously Andrew runs kind of the convention side of things involved in that, and you're more involved with the, the BOK and the bowl and the events and the music and the basketball and all the cool stuff that happens. Well, I think everybody's involved in cool stuff. I mean, you just heard <laughs> Angie talk about serving 5,000 people over the weekend, which is no easy feat, but the team well, the team always makes it look uh, easier than it really is. So mm-hmm. my role here uh, with ASM Global Tulsa, um, I oversee the, the full team, so including the BOK Center as well as the Cox Business Convention Center. Um, and really, we, we have such an amazing group of staff here that uh, day in and day out, I probably have the easiest job uh, in the building uh, of, of everybody. So I consider myself, I'm, uh, I'm like the resource provider or uh, I'm the snow plowing sometimes. And my job is to make sure they have what they need and clear uh, clear obstacles out of their way and whatever, whatever that may be and let the team be able to focus on what they do best, their individual roles uh, day in and day out. And uh, we're just really fortunate. Like I said, we have some incredible professionals. And in fact, um, staff here from both BOK uh, and Cox Business Convention Center are regularly recognized not only locally but nationally in industry trades as well. So yeah. I really, I got to lead a peak group of people that I'm really proud uh, to work with. Yeah, yeah no and doubt. I would say, Brian, clearing those obstacles is a great role and resource for us because it makes our job easier as well as we're able to focus on those events. But, you know, he said about the staff, it's... That they're the ones that make the magic happen. I mean, we've got several staff members that have been here for 30-plus years in, in, in various capacities. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so these people have literally grown up in this building and in this town, and they believe in it so much that they continue to stay. Yeah. It speaks a lot for not only the city and the venue, but the team that we've created around them, mm-hmm. um, that they want to continue to... Um, 
to, to promote the venue and the experiences that they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, and they're also really just big cheerleaders for Tulsa. I mean, people here are really proud of the community that they work in. Um, these venues are not only recognized, you know, here in the community, but throughout the state, throughout the nation. Um, and I think people who come, come to work every day and they're really proud of where they work because yeah. of, you know, the, the, the types of things we, we, we get to make happen. I mean, I think we're, we're in the business of making, you know, amazing, exceptional experiences happen. Um, and it's a place where people come to, to, to play and engage um, and connect. And our role is to ensure that, you know, those things go off without a hitch. And it's uh, and, and most days it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. We, we kind of talked about like every day being different. And also, you know, you're hosting, whether it's somebody coming in for their fundraiser or someone coming in for the first time they've ever seen the Eagles play and they brought their parent with them as a, as a birthday gift or whatever it is like you know you're, you're in the business of making smiles and, and putting smiles on people's faces and making people happy so it's a great business to be in but to set a little bit of context Brian tell us a little bit about kind of your kind of journey to Tulsa and, and like your upbringing how you kind of get into the event space Sure, sure. So um, let's see. Um, when, I, when I was in college, uh, my, my I studied engineering. My, my so my education backgrounds in engineering. I went to Michigan State University. But while I was in school, I worked for um, the arena on campus, the the Breslin Student Event Center, home to uh, the men's women's basketball program, and then concerts, events, and things things of that nature. Um, and I worked very closely um, with the director of operations at the time. And in fact, approached him. I think about my sophomore year, and basically asked him to create a job for me that. Did didn't exist at the arena to let me work basically basically you know I, I, by his side to kind of learn his role and what he was doing and I kind of always thought that I would eventually end up on the venue side but that I would go out on tour and stuff first I'd you know I'd be a roadie first my, my thought was with the engineering background and my practical experience of just kind of always working around entertainment live production theater etc that I would like do work with like the technology side or the technical side um, of live events and activities and at the time you know there was a really big growth and like all this automation and technical control systems and I'd also had an opportunity to work um, I had an internship um, uh, in Walt Disney World with Walt Disney Entertainment on their production side uh, for a semester so I was like okay this is what I want to do I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to basically create my own degree have an engineering background and do, and do all the technical stuff but uh, as it turned out after I finished school there was an opportunity to uh, join what is the predecessor company of ours uh, SMG um, in El Paso, Texas so in 2004, um, we the the company was responsible for operating some facilities for the city of El Paso, and the city was going to convert a. 1930-built single-screen movie house into a performing arts center, a $50 million performing arts center. And so it seemed like a cool project, and I was hired to be the director of operations at that site and really focus a lot on the day-to-day with the construction, but also operate the facilities. So fast forward 18 years later, I'm still in El Paso, although when I took that job, I thought I'd be there for maybe three years. Um, Really fell in love with the city, great team. Um, Our our account and our responsibility continued to grow year over year. um, we, we have a very unique organization there. In addition to running the buildings, we also do all the destination marketing, so meeting, meeting convention, film, sport, and tourism development. And then the last two years I was there, we also operated aquatic facilities on behalf of the city. So uh, really good, really strong partnership with the city of El Paso. Um, I was asked uh, a little over a year ago to consider joining the team here in Tulsa. Um, and anybody that works in our company or in our industry knows that the Tulsa account, the BOK Center, Cox Business Convention Center are among 
probably um, some of our premier facilities that we manage of the 357 facilities worldwide. Um, the Tulsa account is one of the is one of the favorite accounts. It really has great people, very successful, um, a lot of na- national coverage for the great things they do here. They've created the standard around a lot of different things that a lot of other venues um, replicate. Um, things that they try out here have become the way that if people, everyone should do uh, different things, and certainly in terms around uh, welcoming and marketing, um, engaging um, with our community. So I was offered this opportunity, came out here um, to visit the community, really, really loved Tulsa, and uh, joined the team. And it, it actually, I'm just on my one-year anniversary here in the last week or two for being wow. here in Tulsa. So yeah. it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, uh, I mean, Michigan to El Paso is a bit of a bit of a difference right? yeah i mean obviously by way of florida for a little bit but tell me about the disney thing because that is like i mean that's a religion down there right yeah i mean that probably it's one probably one of the coolest jobs uh, i ever had because i got to do like all like the most unique sort of behind the scenes things um that you can imagine like i don't think that they actually fly a real human tinkerbell anymore but they used to um for a long time since the park opened in the 70s i think up until in the last 10 years or so so that was one of my jobs was to make take a human to the top of the spire that you know the spire and the uh magic kingdom and then sail them out over the crowd of people (laughs) in the middle of the night yeah maybe it is i mean like pink in concert it's just like that and then so you know some some days you were on the the launch team so you were the one that sent her out or you were on the catch team which you received around the roof of Tomorrowland, or I mean, like we did. I had a uh, state of Florida pyrotechnicians license. We did all of the night fireworks, and you know, made you know the stuff. And at the time, it was just after the Millennium celebration, so like all of the stuff in in Epcot and the uh, in, uh, Illuminations, which was which was running for you know what, what, like almost twenty years, but mm-hmm. they retired that show and put something else out there. I mean, it was just a really really cool job, um, and like a lot of the I was the youngest in the in the group. Um, all of my peers were in were in graduate study for lighting design, costume design sound design and I was a sophomore in college and they let me join the program just because I had so much other prior practical background on the theatrical side from work that I had done in, um, in high school and I, I worked a job all summers all through high school and college too that was all around like uh, entertainment and event, and event management so um, they, they, they let this 18 year old in this group of like 22 and 23 year olds which was the only thing that was funny about it is because they'd all go out right, right when they weren't working and I couldn't I couldn't go out with them because I can't get into anywhere so whenever I wasn't at work I would just go back into the park because basically you had like an all access 24-7 access to the coolest place on earth so even when I wasn't at work if I was awake I was in the park somewhere and so even when I wasn't you know I'd, I'd ask other departments to let me just shadow them or do whatever so I got to do all kinds of really cool stuff um, and it was definitely one of the one of the coolest things I got to do but uh, definitely solidified for me that I knew I still I wanted to be around uh, live entertainment and events you know I still think one of my favorite things to do is to be able to see people um, as they're coming into the venue you know taking tickets or whatever to be able to feel that energy that they have they're so excited to be able to you know, come into the event, whatever that is, you know, that's an awards banquet or it's a concert or whatever's taking place. There's been a lot of, you know, leading up to, you know, the date that's happening, you know, and um, even, uh, you know, even at the Disney World side, one of the things they make you do, um, you have to, at least once, you have to go, what they do is called rope drop, which is you have to go before park opens 
and like there's people who really are excited to be there if you've ever done it they, like you, you're basically the very first people to have foot in the park in that day and they drop a rope and people go running into the park so every new cast member has to has to experience that at least once um, it's the same kind of thing right it's that energy people are so excited to be there and so that's that's what I knew that I uh, was going to figure out how to still be a part of this industry entertainment and, and, and making experiences happen is what I wanted to be able to do yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I feel like I the closest I want to get to the backstage Disney experience is reading a book about it because I still want to believe in the magic. Yeah, you don't want to hear all the tricks. No, and I everything. don't. It's yeah. kind of like when I worked in radio for a small bit. I, I realized that a lot of radio is not live, and for whatever reason, in my head, all radio was live all the time. Yeah, but when I learned that working in radio, I was a little bit of a little bit of me was crushed. I yeah. Lost a little bit of my innocence there. Um, but one of my favorite things, uh, the stories that Brian tells me is his favorite job to do in a venue is to answer the phone. Yeah, I do love answering the phone. That's <laughs> really? I yeah. Mm-hmm. I, because I feel I feel like you really have to be on your toes. You never know what you're going to get. Like, yeah. to answer a question or route a call or know what's going on. Like, I I love to answering the phone so I don't get to do it very often but like being being the switchboard operator or taking questions um, that you know, it, 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 you know, I can connect it back to a Disney experience as well so like whenever you're in the park and you obviously have you know your, your identification name tag on if you're anywhere in the public area people will ask you questions all the time and so a lot of the people that work on the the, the behind the scenes, the technical stuff, they avoid setting foot on the public side because right. they don't want to answer those questions. And I would intentionally go out. And even like I said, I'd go when I wasn't even at work. I would be out there and I would just start answering questions because I thought it was so much fun to, uh, to to engage with everybody. So my the, the peers that I worked with always would always give you know, always uh, give me a hard time because I'd be like out answering questions and they were trying to avoid the public <laughs> as much as possible. But yeah, yeah no, uh, answering the phone, taking tickets, seeing the excitement around uh, you know around people, having the experience. Um, it helps, you know, I think, that, you know, there's sometimes there's days that are challenging, and so you remember what it is you do it for. So to go out and, you know, see a family come into the building and really be excited about an experience or, or as they're leaving, talking about that experience, or now, now you know, you post things online and social media and they're talking about their experience. Um, you know, they don't necessarily know your role, but you had a little role in helping make sure, making sure that happens, and that's right. kind of cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean... Recently, I was in Austin to see Harry Styles uh, for my wife's 30th birthday, and we saw him on the first night of his six-night stay. And there were people, as we were walking into the Moody Center in in Austin, there was people camping outside for tomorrow's show. And it's the first was it a GA floor? Yeah, the, yeah there's a GA, yeah, GA floor oh, shows. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and oh, so we went up. We were like, why, the doors are open, guys. Like, why are you still sitting down? Yeah, like, no, no, we're here for tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. And and it's the first time I've ever seen that. I'm wondering if you've ever had that experience at, at the BOK. You've had people camping out to get in here. Yes, over there across Frisco. Yeah, we've had. And who was that act? Do you remember? Gosh. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that question. Sorry. It, 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 I'm going to say it's an alternative band. Um, what is the... We gave out burritos from... Oh, know, no, no, you're talking about. Bandito um, burritos. Yeah, I guess... I, I, and I know the story. I was, it predates me, but I'll get it. I'll get it before this yeah. is okay. over. Yeah. Like we edit that in yeah, does yeah, it yeah, sound yeah, like yeah. I totally no. knew what, the answer yeah, off yeah, of my yeah. head the, 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 the story over. goes is like these, <laughs> yeah. these people were waiting out to go for a GA floor and then our marketing team here went and bought basically these burritos that I guess are a favorite of the band and then delivered oh, wow. it to all the people that were waiting out in line because they've been out there for quite some time mm-hmm. and 
we, and we, we accredited the to the artist. So right. the artist bought these for you and, and put this out. So basically something we did on their behalf yeah. um, for, uh, for their fans or for their guests. And like people, you know, it was something that was got a lot of uh, uh, feedback on, in, on social media. I'm trying to remember who the artist is because I know that I've been told the story. But um, yeah. you know, people, you know, used to people would lined up to buy concert tickets. That right. was a thing, you know. Or our, merch or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, well, yeah. merch Absolutely. or, or yeah. like an on sale. When, when, you, when you had to physically go to a place to buy a ticket, right? And like, so there'd be people lined up in advance. So that, that part of our world is gone because of the online ticketing and how all that stuff works. But so now it's to be able to get these really coveted spots in a unassigned, you know, general admission floor, festival right. style floor. People want to be first or as close as possible and they're willing to give up so much of their time to do it. Uh, you know, things we always sort of try to make sure like, you know, that they're that they're secure and safe when they're doing that. Sometimes it's hot out, make sure they have water, those kinds of things. Rest, sometimes you need to set up restrooms, access yeah. for them if they're going to be there for a while. Um, it depends on the show, it depends on the audience. Usually your younger audiences are the ones, uh, you know, that, that are more willing to, to do that. Yeah. We don't have people lining up usually for days for some of the more legacy acts, but... Um, got to be prepared for him. Yeah, well, I was shocked. part of that magic, right, is, that I was yeah, talking yeah. about. I, I mean, the fact that if I was a, a big, giant fan of the band, pausing for you to be able to insert the name <laughs> of the band here, but, like, if I really thought that the band member bought me that burrito, yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. It reminds me, like, my, one of my first concerts I ever went to was New Kids on the Block, so okay. it, you can do the math to figure out how old I am, but, like, I remember my grandma created a different experience for me because she left a locket on the front door that had the little new kids on the block like logo on it and she said oh my god a limo just dropped this off and left and by the way we're going to the concert tonight and so my cousin and I were like yeah. They know where we live. This Screaming is amazing. This is amazing. Danny, like, yeah. Donnie, Joe, and Jordan. Like, yeah. we are ready to go, and they know we're here. And oh, it was. I didn't find out till years later that it was right. Grandma. I love that Santa Claus moment. That's great. right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what we talked about earlier. The Santa Claus. <laughs> totally, I totally yeah. referenced Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't even in the room for that. They weren't right. even in the room for that. But like, yeah, it's we get to be a part of those moments, and that right. we have the coolest job in the entire world. On, on a personal level, then, has there been people that either, um, two-part question, who for a personal goal would you like to have? And that's on, on the BOK side and also on the convention side. So there's two different things to that. But also, like, who have you had in that you're like, I was so pumped to see these people or host these people already? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, I don't I don't know who I mm-hmm. want because I the, the possibilities are endless. So I don't. I'm ready with my answer. I don't know. Okay, well, I have to stumble through mine. Um, I think probably most recently the coolest event was actually just like two days ago. No, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. It was uh, the New View Luncheon um, that helps support services for um, um, a blindness awareness. And... The, the keynote speaker was just so inspirational. Um, he was a gentleman who lost his sight in college in 2001, and his story was all about how he lost hope, and uh, his, hope is his journey towards love, and so he felt like he was lo- losing love. And while he's talking to us, he's, he's painting on this canvas because he's one of the top blind artists mm-hmm. in the world. And you know when you're looking at the painting and he's using whites and grays and he's talking about like the grays or the darkness in, in his days and whites are kind of the light and, and, and hope that he was hoping to gain back and he said part of um, 
part of regaining his hope was changing his perspective. And he flips the painting upside down. And it's not ex it's not anything like he thought it was going to be. When, it was, when he was originally painting it, it looks like maybe it's a map or a continent or something like that. And he flips around, and it's, it's uh, the profile of, the, of an African-American woman with very um, textured hair. And everybody in the audience is like, whoa. Right. And it's really cool. And then he starts adding about like talking about the color in his life, his wife and his son and his um, his support dog, Eagle. And so he starts adding colors, bright, vibrant colors into into the woman's hair. And just I get to hear those speakers like that all the time. Uh, you know, a lot of conferences and and nonprofit galas and all that. They usually have a keynote speaker or something that's going to inspire people or whatever it is. And um I, I get to hear those on yeah. a pretty regular basis. So, it, you know, it, it, some of the things that we do can be a little daunting and a little scary and a little overwhelming, but I get those constant reminders all the time that there is hope and there is love out there. And yesterday was a really good reminder of that. Really good. It was, it was very timely. After being exhausted from the weekend, it was a very timely session. So um, I don't think I can pinpoint one person mm -hmm. but I because there's so many great speakers and inspirational people out there so I think just my, my more general answer is inspirational speakers yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so I got the answer for the burritos it's okay 20, it's 21 pilots 21 pilots okay yeah That's the okay. yeah I've seen them they're great not here but I saw them they were I, a lot better awesome. than I expected I didn't plan to see them they were on before an act I wanted to see so I was there early at a festival but <laughs> Brian what about you what about your favorites so that you've had favorites that I've had I, I'm going to use the last year because that's my, sure. my tenure here at BOK is the last year so uh, I would say most excited leading up to and then really enjoyed the show was Dua Lipa yeah, that I was, was really a great excited. show. Really excited to see yeah. it. That was um, a really great show. I was a big fan of Dua Lipa, especially during the pandemic. She was one of the people that dropped new music, and that, mm -hmm. her, that album was amazing. So, like, uh, probably kept a lot of kept a lot of people going. Very, very excited. Well, and the fun. stage layout's pretty oh, cool. epic too, super right? Cool. Like she's yeah. in the middle. Yeah, like super cool. Yeah, and we uh, we were fortunate. We had Megan Thee Stallion uh, on as the opener and on the stage. Was wow. on all the dates. So I that think was, my wife came to that concert yeah. with a friend. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she. Actually, I also yeah. brought my daughter to yeah. that concert. Not. <laughs> Really, fully knowing all the things the context. That she was going to learn. <laughs> um, I was. I saw your daughter at the event. She knew all the words. Yeah, so <laughs> which led to good conversations after. I don't the think you were exposing her for the first time. So <laughs> best mom in the world. Yeah, it sounds like she you knows how to you know use she's, the internet. She's a well-rounded child. Yeah, yeah. cultured. Yeah. Yeah. I actually uh, had my mom flying for that show. See? She really wanted to see both yeah. both artists. So if you can believe well, it or not, go. so I had my mom here as well, which was which was cool. Yeah. Uh, the second part of the question was who 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 do I really yeah, want? Yeah. Well, to what's like a personal her? goal? For you she has here. been here before, but not during my tenure. And I I've seen her before, but I would love to host her here again at the BOK Center, and that is Dolly Parton. So. Oh wow! Oh yeah. my God, I would love that too. She was here in 2016. She would oh, shut this place down. Yeah. yeah. I've I've seen her twice, both times in Chicago. Well, I mean. Does Dolly know about how philanthropic Tulsa is? Because I, I, Dolly herself is very philanthropic. She is very philanthropic. In fact, when, mm. like, the with, you know, the vaccines with the pandemic uh -huh. and everything, she gave money to uh, Vanderbilt University in uh, in Nashville. Mm. And so the Moderna vaccine, I call it the Dolly Parton vaccine because uh -huh. she helped fund Makes sense. that science. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. got that one first. So Dolly, that's really cool. Yeah. If you're listening, yeah. Dolly. If yeah. you're listening, yeah, you're welcome on the podcast <laughs> anytime sure. to talk any about time. anytime you Absolutely. Really. <laughs> if she's come to the building here to do <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. we'll do that. We'll, we'll make that happen. Right at this table. Um, the, I, I came to um, I came to Ed Sheeran when Ed Sheeran was here and we were supposed to come and see uh, Lewis Capaldi 
when he was going to be opening for Niall Horan, but we were coming to see Lewis because he's hilarious. Uh, but COVID kind of ruined that one. So bummed that COVID caught a few, caught yeah. a few things. Yeah, yeah, kind of bothered me a little bit. Put, yeah. a, little, put, a, little, put a little dent in the end of the little bit. Yeah, uh, but the cool thing is, like you just mentioned, like you get to put smiles on people's faces. You get to host people, and and you know, like you have a constant reminder that if you're having a bad day, all you got to do is go outside and watch people running in here. And super pumped to be here. Are there any moments though? when it's like the quiet before the storm where like it's either on the convention side or on the entertainment side where you just get five minutes to yourself and everything's ready it's like that fine moment between like everything's set right but before no one's coming in yet like just to be on the floor on stage whatever it is like are there any moments that you've just had that are and it doesn't have to be here i mean you've been in the industry for a long time just special moments that you're like this is this is why i love what i do um probably one of my favorite memories I was an event manager for like a week so brand new still trying to figure out what a convention center was and I was um, you know we we have event reports and we have diagrams so we take all of the event manager take all the content that the client needs to be successful for the event and then we write it out into a form that the staff is going to understand and be able to interpret to make the event happen but everything's on paper and I was reviewing the event report for an upcoming event and I was like okay that all makes sense that the words here match the picture here and then I got up and I went into the room and it was like the event just rose up from the floor and it was so cool to see something that was just on paper come to life and and, and be right in front of me and I, I leaned over to the event manager that was working the event I go this is so cool with like this big giant grin on my face like this is you know like I've, I've seen my idol for the very first time and he kind of looked up at me and he was like what are you talking about and I was like that just like hours ago this was just a piece of paper and now there's like tables and chairs and stage and lighting and and projection and food and the clinking of silverware and all this kind of stuff and he was like yeah this is what we do for a living and I'm like but that's cool, right? And like it was just it I totally think for wore a second, off. like yeah. he just the, that coolness wore off. Yeah. And so every time I, you know, I, I'm, I'm working with a staff or a team member that maybe has lost a little bit of that spark and that inspiration, I tell that story all the time because it really does remind you that we get to create from the floor up. And yeah. um, I just I, I still hold on to that story almost. 18 years later. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't present for that, but I can I can imagine exactly this, this you in that moment because knowing you and your energy and how you are, like when I, like I can totally see you. I can see this. I don't know who the staff person is, but I can totally see the reaction. I, well, his name is Jason Givens, and he's still at the St. Charles Convention Center, and I still tell him that I've used that story all the time. And guess what? He doesn't remember that moment. Right. So that crushes me a little bit. I'm like, yeah. come on, that was one of my defining moments that in my career, my and you don't even remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, is there anything you do so special between you, you know, know, before I mean, an event? I, I can tell you that here, even in the last year, you know, there are definitely, as as we're, you know, the final things are being done, sound check has been completed in the arena, we're just set up, food's ready, like the, the, the pieces are coming together, the staff has been in, they briefed their position, people are lining up outside the building, and like you're kind of getting ready for that that clearance from the tour that they're ready to go, our staff's ready to go, and someone makes that all call, doors are open, and the door's open, and then there's you go from that, where the building has almost no hum, because everything's set and everyone's standing and ready, to like 
that you know at the escalation of everything's running and everything's happening and people are running into the building they're in a rush to get to merch lines they're in a rush to get down to the GA floor whatever that whatever you know that they were excited about for that day so you know that does happen here almost probably pretty much for every event there is that that window of time um, I think more on like uh, you know the from a career perspective, one of the things I think was was really exciting um, in El Paso when we opened the new performing arts center, um, and this was years later. Um, we didn't the market didn't really um, do any of the major national equity Broadway tours. Um, that we would do some of the smaller stuff, and we were trying to really uh, grow the market and be able to show we could support some of these big tours. And so obviously, then at the time, this would be 2012. At the time, one of the you know the biggest touring things was Wicked, and getting it to come into a market, it's like a, a market, an untested market like El Paso where it hadn't been was a big deal and there was a lot that went into that and we spent a lot of time uh, working with the production team and their agent um, trying to really you know convince them that El Paso could support and sell these tickets and sell um, sell two weeks which is 16 shows uh, of Wicked and that when it when it that when it was all loaded the process of it loading in and all just like that that, that, it, that it finally opened and people came in was a very exciting very exciting moment to yeah. like we, we like this was going to be in, in market and it was going to be hugely successful and all these shows were sold out and, and like no one was sure hey can this market really support that and you know, we had to take that bet we, we obviously were very confident that we could and we did and it was great it changed everything because then national tours came every, yeah. every year thereafter because yeah. you know, the market was successful it's very similar to the BOK Center story yeah. Right? If you build it, they will come. If you build yeah. it, they will come. Yeah, this is, I mean, I mean yeah, what, fantastic I mean, looking building, right? Like, well, I mean, and it, what it's done for the community, for this community and the surrounding area, um, it's, you know, it's one of the, one of the catalysts to uh, downtown redevelopment and growth. Um, and, and, and not only, you know, the effect here um, in Tulsa, but in the region, um, you know, uh, northeastern Oklahoma and northwestern, even Arkansas, even yeah. so. Yeah, it's the great part about like the impact that you have is that you're bringing in travel dollars, right? And those local businesses, those local hotels, the restaurants, you know, the merch places, whatever it is, like they are all benefiting from an act that you guys have signed. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, some of the cool, some of the big ones that are coming up. I mean, Carrie Underwood's coming here on, on Halloween. Right. Like that is as far as Oblahoma country goes, like she is up Her, there. Like, Shelton, you know, yeah. Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't know them. Yeah. <laughs> and you haven't spent any time in Oklahoma. Right. 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 Like that. This place is going to be, you know amazing that entire weekend we have uh, and a couple days before we have post malone so yeah and that show is sold out so i mean right. like you know it's gonna be i've heard he's so good in, in concert yeah. too i'm very excited to, to to see that as well yeah yeah on a selfish side what are the perks that you get like you obviously i assume you get tickets and i mean but are you it depends on the act i guess right some of the acts are like giving out tickets and some of them are like well i mean you know um so I guess, you know, we try to, when possible, you know, be able to do something with staff. Sometimes we have sure. tickets. Sometimes probably one of the parks that staff do enjoy is um, they're able to so be able to buy tickets, um, you know, Sometimes uh, slightly ahead of like where the on sale is, yeah. so that it'll, they'll at least be able to get tickets. Something, especially something that's in really high demand, they'll at least be able to get access to something. Like Post Malone sold out. Yeah, yeah. Post Malone sold out. You know, they're able to do that. They're able to make requests for themselves or for friends or family yeah. and things like that, which is a great, great perk of working here. I mean, obviously, you know, for for me, you know, I'm you're usually at most events in the building, so you're you know you're here. You get to see the whole thing come together. Um, sometimes we we do. Sometimes we meet the artists. And, you know, we usually uh, you know welcome them. Bring 
present them with a gift from uh, from the, the building and the community. And pre-COVID, it was pretty often to meet sure. uh, to, to do that meet regularly. Um, since the pandemic, it, it's a little more hit and miss, but um, we still enjoy doing yeah. it. And so that's that, that's probably pretty fun. Um, you know, I'd say I, other perks of being here. Um, I have one. Yeah. Um, our chef, Chef Devin. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's he's incredible. Yeah, like the food I had when I was here for the Oklahoma Hall of Fame induction last year was like yeah. I was surprised of how you know when you come to a convention yeah. you're yeah. just like it's rubber chicken be a, with yes, the yes, sauce. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. What is and it? I had this Why piece of steak and I was like, oh yeah. So that is that was okay. Chef Devin. So yeah. I get to eat really really good food on yeah. a fairly regular basis probably more often than we should yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's that is really the other big cool. perk so no, the calories it, don't count when you eat it of course work. not yeah yeah the yeah. the and event access free, doesn't and, count either and yeah the event access and, and the food i mean we even you know in addition to the banquets and things that are going on at the convention center um and obviously we've got awesome concession food here as mm-hmm. well but then we have a couple of premium areas including like our, our one oak club where uh, we have uh, a buffet that's done for the events for for our um our premium clients can mm-hmm. can go in and, and choose to choose to purchase that, and one of the things I mean I'm able to you know come in and enjoy that yeah. uh, you know grab dinner before the show because it's not really the time for us to go anywhere or do anything right. in the building so um, it's a nice it's a definitely a nice thing to be able yeah, to do. Yeah. and it's the best food you know around I mean right. Chef Seven's so incredible it's so good and, and don't you guys give there's a lot of stuff you guys give back some of the food right what is it do you guys do with the I saw something in the website. You guys donate a yeah. lot of. Was it the John three sixteen? John three sixteen and Iron Gate. We do. Um, you know, obviously, if food has gone out and sure. um, been around the public, we, we we don't donate that food. But any food that has been prepared and kept in the kitchen that maybe mm-hmm. wasn't consumed or or um, or anything like that, we do make um, a very very yeah. good effort to 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 put it into the community. That's really we, cool. Chef Devin does a lot with Iron Gate, and we also do a lot with John three sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have relationships with these organizations to do we, as much as possible. We don't want things to go to waste, but that's also, you know, there are neighbors, right? The, uh, Iron Gate, in fact, is right behind the right behind the building. So, um, you know, we want to take care of our community, and we have a whole um, profile around that. It's called ASM Acts. Um, this is how we engage and get back in our community, and we're focused around community, people, and the environment. And okay. so, we look at ways that um, that we can, uh, you know, better uh, the community that, that we serve. Um, a little bit what's earlier this year, we hired a community relations manager. And so we have someone. So while we're all trying to be a part, be be, be uh, participating in, in how we give back to the community, it's helpful to help to have a dedicated resource to really focus on that. So we, we started that earlier this year and hired a full-time community relations manager, um, and she uh, she helps us do that. So the the food program and the number of things that the chef does, um, not only in terms of you know being able to use some of the, the food product, but he also gives his time, uh, a tremendous amount of his time. In fact, just last week, um, he was uh, a featured chef at a fundraiser, um, where which with all also for, for Iron Gate. And uh, it was a little bit of a competitive, they have probably, they have probably eight to 10 different chefs there. They all make a smaller, bite-sized uh, entree thing that you get to kind of sample. Um, there was some coasted wine and stuff like that, and then the, then they then they vote and choose like yeah. the best of. And yeah. uh, Chef Devins was definitely among the best there. He's a little biased. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, having the community relations role, it was super important because she is able to find some of those other things that maybe aren't as obvious ways to give back to the community. Something as simple as collecting the plastic grocery bags. Iron Gate, uh-huh. they, they do a great job of helping feed the community, but 
they need bags to put the food in to hand out to the community. So we've done a couple of those drives there. Um, we also have done, um, during our client party that we host in December last year, we collected undergarments because the Tulsa's Day Center put basically a call out to the community saying, hey, these are the items right. that we are in need of that are constantly being given out and we're running along the supply. And one of them was undergarments. Yeah. You don't think you know, that's not necessarily at the top of your mind. So um, a part of, of, of doing a client appreciation event, we asked our clients and our community to get back as well. Mm -hmm. And so I called it help us fill up under the tree. Nobody really got it. So this is probably why I don't work in marketing. But we, we were able to donate, I think it was like 450 pairs of undergarments yeah. to Tulsa Day Center just by, so some of that stuff that maybe isn't as obvious way to give back to the mm -hmm. community and it's not always, you know, writing a check for whatever right. resources it's, it's it, it, having Avon able to create those opportunities for us and make those connections has mm -hmm. been really great. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, I want to go back to what you said earlier, just to finish up about the giving the artist a gift when they come here. What's that gift? Like, is it personalized to them or do Absolutely. you work with oh the gosh. local? Like, this is probably one of the, one of the, cause these guys get gifts all the time, correct. right? And, and, and a lot of times the gifts, uh, have, you know, it's very common, you know, especially if you go into like a professional sports building, you get like the Jersey of whatever yeah, yeah. that team is with your name on the back and stuff like that. And I'm sure that's cool. But, um, the Tulsa team, the Tulsa marketing team here, I don't know how they do it. Like they spend so much time researching and understanding the intricacies of these artists and their backstory and their families. And they come up with the most unique and most creative gifts and to be present when they are given these is really incredible because they are genuinely impressed and touched at the you know the amount of work and insight that we have and thoughtfulness into these gifts um, we just had Michael Buble here and the staff got a hold of a recording I guess I think it's from an, like an online posting I think it's like from like a YouTube posting or something it's him and his son are performing a song together and they were able to take that audio track have that put on a wax record then had an artist hand paint like the the both the on wax center label as well as the you know like the like the paper casing that, that the record goes in it's a really cool thing and then gifted to him and he just thought that was incredible um, I think one of my other like really favorite ones we had MGK here and we got got him these shoes that then were painted custom painted by an artist they were super cool and all the like the like, really detailed like different lyrics of his songs are like on this shoe it almost kind of looks like graffiti but it was like really well done um, and we get, we presented him these shoes. He was so excited that he chose to wear the, show, the shoes in the show that night, which that really never happens. And even right. if we give this something they could wear like a wearable, like our expectation is not that they're going to yeah. – this stuff's already preplanned. All these people – so many designers and things decide all this Probably stuff, the look, the color, yeah. everything, right? Like they're not going to – she's not going to change it. He was so excited. He's like, I'm going to wear these uh, with the show. He did. And, of course, if you know the show, he comes in like on a helicopter. So he's hanging over the audience, floating in. He's wearing the shoes. But the coolest thing – I mean, obviously, we're them here but the coolest thing was all the other cities that he went to afterwards he's wearing those shoes so like there's That's videos incredible. of him making his entry uh, in, yeah. into LA other markets and so like that's a really that's big we were super excited about that because it's like hey he's wearing the thing that he got in Tulsa Oklahoma yeah. in LA or whatever you know and all the other markets he was in so very very cool but right, so. they are um, they're um, how they come up with this stuff and never ceases to amaze me yeah. like it is really cool it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning is that we get to be so creative in this industry and um, that's 
it's one of the things, definitely one of the things I love about it. And, and we try to engage local as much as we can. Um, you know, for over the convention center back in June, we actually hosted five events in, in the same day. And one of them was the World Breaking Classic. So who would have thought that there's a break dancing community in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but there is, and we beat out New York City to host that event here. And so we actually commissioned a local artist called Clean Hands Army to paint this mural in like a graffiti style art. And that was the backdrop of the entire World Breaking Classic. It's on all of the B-Boy videos and all of um, all of the marketing material and all of the recap, and so we were able to show not only the breakdancing uh, talent in Tulsa, but also the artistic and creative talent that we have here as well. So awesome! Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've just had a blast listening to you guys talk for an hour. Like this is. I, you know, uh, this place is so diverse, right? The events you have is just all the way across the spectrum to hosting events, to charity events, to the basketball coming here. I mean, OU Arkansas, I think, are on the schedule to play yep, here. coming up. You know, you got Post Malone, Carrie Underwood, like all of this stuff, breakdancing. The Oklahoma you know, Hall of Fame. The Oklahoma Fame Hall of Fame anyway. is yeah. coming in November. Coming back. Shout out. You were here yeah. for it last year, yeah. I'll be back again, uh, and I'll hit you guys up when I come back. Yeah, please we'll, do. Uh, I'll be here all day. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely can feel the passion from you guys. Like, it, it, you know, it's not just a job for you guys. You just come to work. You love what you do. You have a great team around you. Uh, and I don't think the, and now they do if they listen to this podcast, but up until this point, probably the city isn't as aware as they are now if they listen to this podcast, how much you love what you do and how much you appreciate the city as well, right? Because they welcomed you in. You're, you know, you're like me. You're not from here. We're in Oklahoma. We're Oklahoma transplants. Um, so I want to thank you guys for taking an hour of your time uh, to share this story, but also thank you for the work that you do. And I hope that you never leave. Thanks well, for coming. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. We, we, that means a lot. This we is a lot of fun. Really yeah. I mean, you, I can, move, you can move to Tulsa. I can move to Tulsa, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, where are people reaching, you know, people listening, they think something, you know, someone has sparked them. They might want to get into the industry. They might want to help out with an event, whatever it is. How do they reach you guys? Absolutely. Check out our website. So, bokcenter.com. We have a contact. And we also have ways so you can see the different roles that we have in the organization. Um, we're always looking for incredible talent to join our team. And then, Cox Business Convention Center. Cox CoxCenterTulsa.com. Um, that's also our handle. Um, at CoxCenterTulsa is our handle on all of our social media. I love talking to people about what we do for a living. We actually have an intern that is with us um, the last couple of weeks who is working with one of our venues in Aberdeen, Scotland. Uh-huh. And she's from Tulsa, but she was studying abroad over in Aberdeen and um, was hooked up with P&J Live, which is the venue that ASM manages out there. And so she's been with our team for the last few weeks. So we have opportunities like that as well. Um, for folks that are interested in, in just learning more about the industry and, and engaging with us. Yeah, if you're interested in more than just what's going on here in Tulsa, asmglobal.com, that's the company, the ma- uh, firm that we work with, um, manages over 350-some plus facilities all over the world, a um, couple of, and obviously the ones here in Tulsa, but also Oklahoma City. So yeah. um, always looking for great people. Um, we're, bo- we're both members of the International Association of Venue Managers, which is another great starting point, especially if you're interested in finding an access point um, into the industry. They've got a lot of great community outreach and education and things like that. In fact, we're going to be hosting their Region 6. Yep, the uh, Future Leaders Conference Future in, Leaders January, Conference so in January. We'll so if you are in the Oklahoma time. area and you're interested uh, in, in like more, that's, I guess, another opportunity to check out the... Yeah. Check out the industry. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for sharing. I really appreciate it. For everyone listening, it's time to rock the block, right? Uh, there always. There you go. Awesome. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you. 
Hope you guys enjoyed that great episode. Thank you so much for listening. As always, huge shout out to our sponsors, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, sharing Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at OklahomaHOF. Our other sponsor, the Chickasaw Nation, amazing sponsor they do amazing things for the state and they're always sponsoring something in oklahoma they're a huge supporter of oklahoma and without their support we wouldn't be able to do what we do and finally our third sponsor for today the oklahoma 988 mental health lifeline 988 is the direct three-digit lifeline that connects you with the trained behavioral health professionals that can get all oklahomans the help that they need learn more by visiting 988oklahoma.com It's 988oklahoma.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.